With the Lucky Land Slots, you can get lucky just about anywhere. This is your captain speaking. Uh, we've got clear runway and the weather's fine, but we're just going to circle up here a while and uh, get lucky. No, no, nothing like that. It's just these cash prizes add up quick. So I suggest you sit back, keep your tray table upright, and start getting lucky. Play for free at LuckyLandSlots.com. Are you feeling lucky? No purchase necessary. Void where prohibited by law. 18 plus terms and conditions apply. See website for details. There it goes. Alrighty, well, welcome back to our second part of BYOB. Um, glad you guys could join us. Um, as I mentioned earlier, my name is Kendria Williams, and I work with Ethos Marketing, which is my own company, and then also um, am Vice President of Communications for Dreamapolis, which is a, um, what we consider an urban entrepreneur development organization. So basically, we try to bring all the resources together to help urban um, under-resourced entrepreneurs. And so today, basically, we'll just be talking a little bit about marketing planning um, and defining marketing planning, and then I'll give you guys some tips on um, actually putting a plan together. Um, so just to start off, are you? Can anyone define what they think marketing is? Is advertising? Yeah, I'm saying how to market yourself. Just yeah. your, for people to see what you have. Okay, for sure. I like that. And so, yeah, you're correct. Marketing is basically the activities um, that a business, products or services, um, kind of participate in to get the word out about their business or about the service. But before you even get to the point where you're advertising, um, the marketing plan in general is way more in depth. <laughs> and so today we'll just um, talk about some of the different steps of a marketing plan or different elements of a marketing plan. And then, in my opinion, I think as you build your business uh, where you should be um, in a marketing plan because I think a marketing plan goes hand in hand with a strategic plan for your business. So, with that being said, um, you know, of course, when you're starting off with your idea um, for your product or service, you want to make sure that you have a market for it. And so, for me, um, I've always found it very instrumental when I'm working with small business owners for us to start with doing a little research and trying to understand the industry that we're in. Starting um, with understanding your industry first will actually save you a lot of money on the back end <laughs> um, because you won't end up um, advertising or marketing in places where your clients are, your potential clients are. And so the first thing you want to do when you're developing your marketing plan is look up your NAICS number. And it's NAICS. N-A-I-C. I'm not sure. You know what it is? I think that it, the, it used to be S-I-C. Yeah, I seen that. That was a long time ago. I just want to make sure we talk about Same code. Um, basically, these N-A-I-C-S codes. N-A-I-C-S. Yes. The N-A-I-C-S codes kind of define every industry that someone can be doing business in. So don't, if it's construction, education, cosmetic, wellness, um, whatever industry you're in, Guaranteed, there's an NAICS code that goes along with the industry. And the importance, about, uh, importance of learning about the NAICS code is, um, in my opinion, 
probably one of your best first steps because it kind of defines the industry you're in and so what you're doing. So what are your activities? Who are your clients? You know, what you think you should be doing in this industry? Um, I'll give you an example for, um, say, mental family health counselors, <laughs> IMAC. Um, you know, they're, they're, the counselors are kind of educated just to be counselors. But you'll find that some work with marriage, some work with family, some work with children. And so determining where you are in that industry will help you determine where your market is. And so recently I just met with um, a practice, and crazy enough, they were all marriage and family counselors. Well, after we looked at the industry, we understood that their market was really in education. And so although most of them looked at working with people who were having problems in their marriage, they probably should have been looking at working with kids that were having educational problems in school um, because that's kind of where the market was. And they were um, educated to do that. So it was just a matter of switching, you know, saying, okay, I'm marriage and family, now I'm education. Um, because they were able to do that, their market share went from probably 15, 16% to about 67% because education is about 55% of that market share. So understanding that NAICS code when you're doing your research helps you understand everything, you know, in, in terms of the um, area that you're working in. And how do you find that code? I mean, do you just Google it? Yep. Um, for instance, you would probably be defined under wellness because um, it's a T, but I think the overall purpose is wellness. Right. And so you might find your services under wellness. And so I would start there. Wellness, N-E-I-C-S, on Google. Okay. See what comes up. Read the definition and see if your product and services fit in that def definition. If you do then that is the industry you want to align yourself with and try to find your customers in that industry. Okay. Now, how many NAICS codes should you, should you, is it just one or is it more than one? It depends, on, it depends on your product and service. Um, it could be one or it could be more than one. I am in one because I'm just in marketing, marketing and communications. But there's also one for public relations. No, I'm sorry, I'm in public relations. But there's also one for media representation. I'm not in media representation, so I wouldn't look at that code. Although some of my clients need some of that um, media representation, and I know I have to partner up strategically with people who do that, so it's good for me to know about that industry, but that's not my industry. My industry is strictly public relations. Um, and so, yes, you could, it is possible that you could um, overlap two different industries. If you find that's the case, you just learn about both industries. Um, so that's my tidbit. Uh, secondly, after I guess you finish with the research, and I guess with research, um, you're in the inception stage. You kind of come up with the idea of what you want to do, and now you're looking at um, where you're going to sell it, what industry you're going to sell it in, who's going to buy it from you, all that good stuff. Um, I would say on this marketing plan, this is not necessarily in any type of order. So after you finish your research, I would say that um, the next thing you would look into is your strategy. So, okay. Now I know that I am in, let's go back to the marriage and family um, therapist. Now I know I'm in marriage and family therapy, but my um, target or my big bulk of my business is in education. And so now let me figure out a strategy to get over here to get to my market that I need to get to.
And then third, I kind of think that's where the branding starts. Once you start, because going back to what John said, before you put that sign out and say you open, <laughs> make sure everything else aligns. And so we got the strategy, um, we've done our research and we've understood what industry we're in. Um, we understand who our clients are and who our downline is, so who we are gonna buy from. Um, we definitely understand the strategy and how we're gonna get there because we understand our um, industry. Um, then I say you wanna start looking at branding and how you're gonna, on the back of a little league t-shirt, you know, sponsoring some event. That is all involved in your branding and it kind of fits with your strategy. Because, say you're trying to get in front of the educational people that need to make the decision for you to become their client. Well, if you are on the back of a Little League t-shirt at a game, that's families, kids, you know, all the people you need to reach right there. So that branding strategy kind of helps you get in front of the people that you're trying to get in front of even if you haven't opened your doors yet. Under the sh so going around the um, marketing plan, I guess after strategy, next you would definitely want to look at um, your pricing and how are you going to price your services in the industry. Being, um, being that you are well-versed and you understand your industry, um, pricing becomes based more on the experience and expertise of the individual that's providing the service. And then you have to look at who are you servicing. So me, in my, in my case, I kind of work with a lot of startup businesses, and so they have startup budgets. That means I can't price my prices up with someone who would have a corporate budget because I'm working with small businesses and startup businesses. And that's, that was my choice. And then also I have a pricing model for when I'm working with nonprofit organizations because, of course, they would get a better cut. But, of course, that pricing strategy, those pricing strategies I'm using is all part of my branding and then it's part of my overall um, strategic plan because I'm going to consider myself a leader because I have low-cost pricing strategies. So I can get business because they say, oh, yeah, call Ethos. She's good and she's the cheapest <laughs> and I know sometimes cheapest is not always good, but um, in terms of some of the services I do, you have to cut some prices because social media management, for one, you can get a kid to do it. You know, you can get a teenager to do it. So now my competition is somebody's 15-year-old son sitting there tweeting. <laughs> so, um, yeah, pricing, when you're thinking about your marketing plan and then you're thinking about, you know, when you're at different steps of your business and building your business, um, pricing, in my opinion, goes right behind um, branding and, of course, strategy. Well, now, let's talk a little bit more about the pricing piece, um, too, because I think there is a, um, a, a misconception that people have about uh, pricing their products uh, the right way based on what it is, how it was developed, where the materials come from, how much time you spend, all those things that go into your pricing. Here's why I say that. Because my son started a little business. He's 12. And so what he does now is he makes duct tape wallets. Go figure. Uh, and so we had to sit down one day and determine how to price his duct tape wallets. Mm -hmm. And so we went through the whole pricing scenario. I said, how much does your stuff cost? How much time does it take for you to do it? You know, blah, 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 blah. 
And so, and then we went and we looked at how much wallets actually cost in the stores. And uh, and so wallets in the stores were like seventeen dollars or something like that. And he was trying to charge ten dollars. Well, the way he saw it was, it's just a duct tape wallet. Mm. I said, baby, you gotta understand. Every wallet you create is one of a kind. Mm -hmm. Mm -hmm. This is custom made to order by a twelve-year-old. Wow. You can't charge what everybody else charges because people are going to be walking around with wallets in their back pocket that nobody else has. Mm -hmm. And then I said, you also have to think about what if you get too many orders, you can't fill them, and you have to hire somebody else mm -hmm. to make the next one because you can't get to it. You got to build that in. So by the time we got done, he was at $25. Now, he made a conscious decision that he was only going to sell them for $17, right? But there was, it was a struggle to get him to think about the fact that, yeah, I know it's just a duct tape wallet to you. But to the other person who says, I'm going to put my Purdue logo on this, Purdue alumni logo on this, or I'm going to put, you know, whatever. Uh, it, I mean, he was going in making really detailed stuff like, too. you can't charge $10 for your time. That's right. You know, because your time is valuable. That's right. And you can't, you cannot get back. You can, that's something you cannot get your time back and get your money back. Right. You can go change. Stuff. <laughs> change Not to shirt. mention that his sister is taking, his sister's taking 25% for selling it. Ooh, ooh. For bringing the client. That's what I'm talking about. Partnership. She's taking 25% for everybody she brings. So it's like, dude, and he, you know, he sold his first one to Mike for good time. Yeah, for 17 bucks. He put out $20 in the box, and this is awesome. But he struggled. And I think a lot of people struggle with that pricey thing because they undervalue who they are and what they're bringing to mm -hmm. the table and their expertise. And I actually, I agree. And then um, we don't even, I don't think we evaluate how, we don't put in, we don't estimate the amount of time correctly. Exactly. Oh my. I used to, um, somebody's like, oh, can you do a press release? Yeah, send it. 50 bucks. Send it to the thing. So, yeah. Then I found out that PR Newswire was 225 Exactly. <laughs> wait a minute. I, wait a minute. You telling me I've been for $50 putting these. Oh, wait. Let me go back and do this pricing strategy over. Right. You know, because I was straight undercutting myself. And so what I started doing. And it helped me, and it might help you guys, especially since you make homemade products. I, I use um, FreshBooks accounting oh, yes. for a time. Mm -hmm. Mm -hmm. And I start every, even if I was doing it on a volunteer situation, if it was a press release, a newsletter, whatever, I timed it and I took, I measured how much time it took. And then I developed my pricing off of that. And then I realized I should be charging $125 for a press release. And then, being nice, I could do a hundred dollars just to send it out on the media to the media. But that's a hundred and seventy-five dollars more than I was getting. <laughs> you know, okay, I'll do it, not knowing that. Hey, you better take into account for your time because sometimes a press release could take me thirty minutes, but then sometimes depending who I'm working with, it could take me three days because the board got to look at it and the board chair. So, but that's all time, and that's billable time. So. Um, that, yeah, definitely when you're doing your pricing strategies, make sure that you are pricing yourself adequately because you will undervalue yourself and it's not good. Um, let's see. So next on the marketing plan, I guess after you finish with your pricing strategy, uh, sales promotion and product placement um, kind of goes hand in hand because that's going to be your distribution, your method of distribution. 
And so if you're a service, um, normally that's maybe a coupon for people who are connected with the chamber, 25% off, you know, you're going to do a slight promotion just to get them to use your service, mm -hmm. or product placement, um, you know, I might put it at my church on Sunday after everyone gets off out of church and they can taste it or test it and see if they like it and give me some feedback, you know, just... These are just things early on in the business that you want to do that, for one, it doesn't cost you anything. You know, to try to put your product somewhere as a testing place, it wouldn't cost you anything to do it. Yeah, because I was looking at your, I was looking at the soap here, and I was wondering, do you have a smaller one? Mm -hmm. I do, there and here. You know, I do. Because that. Like, that's four, don't you see four? Yeah, this is much 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 <laughs>
talk to people like me. And talk to people like, go to your church, other people you know, hey, I got a product. If you have a women's meet or something, can I bring my product by? You know, and it's the, oh my God, you got, oh my God, this is a great opportunity for you because, especially if you, if you <laughs> I'm look, a Facebook friend. If you could, if you look at, if you look at, for instance, I'm get, just getting phrased, I just like people have practical stuff, but anyway, mm -hmm. if you look at, for instance, um, uh, just, I mean, there are, a lady was at a Bible study that I did, because uh, I do stuff everywhere, so I don't just do it at the church, so I was doing this Bible study last Wednesday. The lady walks up to me and she's like, I want you to do this at my um, uh, uh, apartment, apartment clubhouse thing. Uh, okay? She says, well, I'm going to call somebody. Blah, blah, blah. Yeah, that's a great opportunity for you. Let me start Thank you. Thanks for sharing. And you have to, which I'll touch on networking more, you have to network. That's the only way you're going to have those opportunities. I do that now. Like I'm on Facebook. I'm in Tipton, Indiana. It's Louisville, Kentucky. They have an event, and this other place, I don't even know where it is, but Newcastle's. So I'm, I'm diverse, and yeah, I'm everywhere. Mm -hmm. So that's networking. Perfect. Yeah. But I like the church school. It's a great opportunity. Relaxed atmosphere. I like that. So then I guess um, our next point would be the direct marketing. And so for you, uh, this is a good time for you. You know, you've tried some product placement maybe. Now you want to try some direct marketing. So you want to go to people and say, hey, this is it. This is what I have to offer. Can I push it through here? Or can you help me push it through here? Um, I think really, without knowing much about your product, I think, because um, it sounds like you're marketing on a mass scale right now. So you're just like, I'm at this networking event, I'm going here. But it seems like you need to get condensed more to just people who are concerned about wellness. The target. Yeah, target, yeah. a niche. Because, you know, you have to have an appreciation for teas. And like I was telling you earlier, I didn't drink tea until like, my stomach condition, and now I drink tea. You know, so if I would have caught you to caught me two years ago, I would have bought fresh tea. I'm like, anybody thinks I'm a tea. Yeah. Now I'll be like, give me all the tea you got. <laughs> <laughs> well, you know what? That, that happens a lot. You have a good point because they go buy a purse and earrings and yeah. all this. Mm -hmm. And bypass my health and wellness. So, so maybe you need to start looking in terms of direct marketing. You need to look at health fairs, you know, places where people are there because you know, somebody may walk past that person get to the tea. Yes. <laughs> <laughs> you know, so, um, but you have a good product and wellness is huge. You know, you just, it's a matter of finding out where your actual market is and getting in front of it. Otherwise, you get burnt out real fast. Mm -hmm. um, and then that just goes along with sales. Um, one thing that I think people really fail to realize is that sales and marketing are two distinct activities. Two distinct activities. Um, a lot of times, marketing drives sales. I don't think sales ever drives marketing. <laughs> I don't think it's backwards. Um, but, you know, a lot of times people think that they go out and because they're selling their product, they're marketing their product. But it's like, no. That's, you know, no, that's completely different. And so, um, you know, when you're putting together your marketing plan, I want you to just understand the differences in between what you're marketing and what you're selling. So you have your company. I go to your website. I read about your company. I read about the history of your company. I read about your product, why you made the product, about you, your kids, your dog, all that. That's marketing. You come into my office and say, here's the tea. Buy it. That's sales. 
And so people have to understand that it's different. Because a couple times, I've actually lost a couple contracts because they're like, yeah, we're just going to focus on sales. Well, you're going to drop your marketing contract to focus on sales. Okay, go ahead. You know, they just didn't understand that those two go hand in hand. And I'm okay with that. That's what happened when I worked in a bank. When I worked at Charter One, mm -hmm. it wasn't personal or marketing. No, it was one sales. Sales, sales, sales. And Charter One didn't stay around. Well, I was like, yeah, okay, yeah, personable. Yeah, first Indiana Bank, I'm personable. You have to be personable, then you can sell the cost that we have there. Mm -hmm. When we taught it at the, I taught a marketing class at, at Ball State, and one of the illustrations I would use is that of a pipe. Your marketing is a pipe. It's a pipe. And you put all of the different things that you do in the front of the pipe, uh, and but it's a pipe, you know, and it takes three months or two months or whatever for that to travel from where you put it to actually seeing the result come out the end. And a lot of people, uh, if they don't see the sale quick enough, they'll turn off the, the marketing pipe. off. Turn off the pipe. That is exactly I, right. You know, I ain't seeing that. But, you know, the, the pipe starts down there, and they down here waiting on something to come out. And it's yes. like, I don't see nothing yet. Turn it off, you know. Yes. Turn it off. And like, whoa, 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 whoa. You, you have to allow marketing to do what it does. Because what do we do? We measure. That's right. A, B, test. Right. We try it this way. We try it that way. We That's put right. a white person on it. We put a Hispanic person on it. We put a right. man on it. We put a, a woman. Yes. We put a man. We try different things to determine what gets results faster. And so marketing is not a immediate, you know, I did it and it showed up. Some things do happen like mm -hmm. that. But by and large, it's a pipe. You put something in one end and you have to wait because what happens? And this is what happens. Watch this. What happens is you put something in the front side, you're waiting, nothing happens, you shut it off. Now what you put in there will show up. Then they get excited. Okay, something's finally flowing, but guess what? Because you turned it off, it's going to stop. It stops. It stops. And then they go, what happened? Uh -huh. And you know what happens? They, they turn it off with one, and they go somewhere else and turn it on, and they come out, and they're like, oh, this person, or this did this. This did it. Push, push all back in there. Yeah, you and it wasn't this, it was what was in there. It was there something before. else. Right. Now they're confused. And, and now they're mad, because they're not getting right. the results. Right. You know, because right. all that ran out, so... Yeah. So we, like, like we're advertising now on WHTN. We have a 30 cent commercial that I run that costs me $300 a month. And so I had a conversation with my core team and trying to figure out why are we spending this money? I said, you can't look at it as results like boom. It is a way for us right now. It's awareness. Mm -hmm. We need people to know who we are. We need people to, to understand the brand, understand the quality of what we do, those kind of things, so that people, so that at the point when we start doing uh, the more higher cost stuff, which is the advertising in mm -hmm. newspapers and blah, 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 and people start making the connection, they'll make the connection to what they are now aware of. I can't stop that because we don't see stuff over here because when I, if I don't, then we'll do the ad. And they'll think that the ad result is based on the ad and not making the connection between the ad and the awareness. Yep. So it is a pipe. It is not a, a pour it. It happens. No. And, it, and it's a consistent pipe. It's something that yes. you, you consistently have to work on. But the one good thing, mm -hmm. but the one good thing I find is once you set the plan, you just have to work the plan. Even if there's an adjustment to the plan, you can still keep the plan in order, work the plan, make your adjustments. Right. But um, which you have to make adjustments. Yeah, you have to. Make that is marketing, not mm -hmm. advertising. Adjustments mm -hmm. is marketing. Advertising is just advertising. It's, advertising. it's just the vehicle. Yes, that's it's right. the radio spot, but marketing is saying, 
did it work? How do we adjust? Do we take these dollars and put them over here? But we, you know, that's advertising. But marketing is marketing is how do we manipulate what we're doing to think, to uh, what's the word? Get maximize the results, basically. Yeah, maximize those dollars to get the results that mm -hmm. we need to see at the end of the day. So uh, your marketing plan should be absolutely separate than your business plan, or is it mm -hmm. part of the business? It'll be part, part of the, the business plan, plan, but it's separate. It's a separate section within the business plan. Yeah, so the business plan, uh, in-depth business plan part is about 30 pages. Oh, oh, four okay. to five of them pages should be your marketing plan. And some people will, will breeze past. They'll read the executive summary, and they'll breeze right to your marketing and say, well, how are you going to do it? How are you going to do it? How are you going to do it? But that's okay, because if you know about your industry code, you know how yes. you're going to do it. That, you have to. It's, it's, it is imperative. And you find out so much about your industry when you stay on top of it. You're like, wow. You know, and it's little bitty changes, small change, but it's huge. Like Jet Magazine, small change. We stopped publishing print magazine. Huge. Now it's digital, you know, but. And don't be afraid to piggyback off of uh, a successful competitor's market. Yep. You know, Absolutely. Everybody knows McDonald's Burger King. And I just heard that Carol's daughter sold her business to what, L'Oreal or L'Oreal. Yeah. yeah, yeah. I mean, and you know, there's some, I don't understand that. There's well, you gotta understand Carol's daughter's market. She had a very small niche market, and so although African Americans, you know, we are the ones buying it, we're only twelve percent of the population overall. Now, how many of that twelve percent is natural? Probably four to five percent. So you're taking 45% of an already small population and you're giving them product. That's a very small market. Now, L'Oreal, that collaboration, I think for her, can probably put her in international markets now because they can mass produce her product. And now that they can mass produce it, they can put it in different markets. I don't think she could have gotten an international market unless she get an international market. The little market she has in the United States is not going to sustain that business. Yeah, and the fact, the, the, the um, way of natural, it's it's going, it's going down. down. Yeah. It's, it's a not, lot of work. Yeah, it, and some people, <laughs> you know, people are into <laughs> it, but it's not as it, it's not new anymore. No. So you have to stay current with what's going on in your industry. Not, you to, not to mention, you only got 300 million people in the United States to work with to begin with. Mm -hmm. And a lot of people disregard the fact that there's now 6 billion people around the world. And how many natural people do you have outside the United States? You feel me? I mean, who can afford your product? Don't get me wrong. But we really don't do well in this country to look outside and see opportunity right. with that global market. And there's right. a lot of global opportunity with all of our businesses. And those, people, and those people like what comes out of America. Yeah. Love know, it. I did not realize how much I went to Europe or London or something. And they was just screwed. They're like, okay, this was a long time ago, y'all, so hush. But can you, can you send us your VHS of VET? I'm like, what? She's like, yeah, we don't have that here. And I mean, literally, I could have, I could have really made some money by taking and recording whatever was on VET and sending it to London. Not to mention, what was it? Oh, because uh, the musical group I was, I, I was managing at the time. When we went over there, I'm, I'm in the car, we're headed to a show, and here's our song coming on the radio. Yeah. Did not know that there was this thing where uh, 
take United States artists and redo their songs oh, overseas. Have you heard this song? I got a Burmese song right now with Independent Woman, Lil Webby, Independent. Yes. It's song in Burmese. Like one of my students did it. It was so funny and good. I, it's crazy. I wish I could pull it up, but I can't. Do and it. they go and make money. Yes. Outside of by taking our stuff. Yeah. Singing it in their own language. It is crazy. They sing it in their own language. I have a question though. Mm-hmm. When someone sells their, like Carol Dow sell her business to Lil Ray Yacht, when she sells, does she get still get any profit from them? When Sometimes she's hard to negotiate. She still okay. have, um, she might still have like or just so and she's I can't imagine that she didn't keep some stock or I mean, some song. That's why I was wondering. Some type of business. Line. You just tell them, just get what they give you, then they make so much money, and then you be like, well, I would hope she held on to some type yeah, of decision making right yeah. to some. Yeah, that's what I wanted. Because yeah. every, every negotiation is different. It is. Mm-hmm. So, I mean, Shark Tank teaches us that. Yeah. Um, mm-hmm. That every negotiation is different, and, and I am sure. She went into it with some knowledge on, okay, this is what I want out of this. Are you all willing to give me this? If, if she wanted to keep 5%, then, and they said, oh, no, we can only give you 3 Then they had to negotiate to get to her 5%. But I, 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 be, I believe L'Oreal sees a market. Mm-hmm. Yeah. Yeah. Well, the international market yeah. is huge. It is and, a color. And the beauty, <laughs> the, the, beauty industry, the beauty industry is an industry that is growing for the multicultural market. So that industry is set for the next 30 years for growth. So if you are looking for a cash cow, the beauty industry, not the health and wellness, the beauty industry. Mm-hmm. So yes, L'Oreal, they're already known international. They're branded. So they're they're they they just gonna put their um, packaging on the product and sell it to their yeah. current customers. And that doesn't mean that the pro, pro, the product that they bought is gonna say L'Oreal, right? Because right. y'all know uh, when right. when Snickers bought uh, Mars or. Whoever, all the things, they don't necessarily change the product. They say, no, 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 no. I know that this product is going to go somewhere mm-hmm. as it is. We just need to expose it to another market. We're not going to change it. Right. Okay? But we're going to keep it with it because I'm going to be real with you because I'm, I am don't know, y'all been watching Exact Target since Salesforce mm-hmm. launched it. Have you watched what's really going on there? They now they get separated. They didn't, they didn't change Exact Target, but just the other day, I saw a name, and I, I didn't check the date on it, but I saw exact t- Salesforce Exact Target the other day, like they two days ago. And they I was separated like, the name, and then wow. I'm supposed to take the conference to New York. To New York, right? So, so they're they're I mean, there's games being played, but mm-hmm. you know they're not doing them in isolation. There's some work going on in some boardroom someplace where they're making some strategic strategic, strategic decisions mm-hmm. that this is how we're gonna do this. Yeah, you know. All right, and so let's see, we've got two more. No, I guess the last one would be um, public relations. Yes, we talk about sales, um, public relations. So at this point, um, this is about the time we're ready to open the door, hang the sign, and say, let's run with this. Um, public relations, in my opinion, is uh, 
spreading the message out to those who can spread it even further. And so that's when you're getting out to the media. Um, you might start doing posts, you know, Facebook posts, social media posts, putting out, putting out content just about the product or maybe even the organization. Um, sometimes people, when it comes to public relations, they think press release, and so they think, oh, it's just press release everything, and so they just send all these press releases. It's like, no, you're not at the level of sending a press release out. You know, you're not, you don't want to be in an ideal stage sending out a press release like, guess what happened last night? I thought about doing this business, <laughs> and you know, the media going to be looking at you like, and the one thing, when you send the stuff out to the media, they remember your email address. They remember your business name. They remember all that stuff. And if you start sending them crazy stuff out, you will not get open. They will not open your email. They will not read it. They will not look at because they're not interested in what you have to say because the first one you sent them was about your drink. So when you get to the point where you're ready to do public relations, this is you're at the final stage of your ideal development or business development, and you're just ready to put it out there to the world. And then finally, of course, after the public relations comes the advertising, and that's when you actually want to pay money for those print ads or those on online social media sponsored ads, um, you know, whatever it is that you want to help you get your message out. And so that's what I have in terms of marketing plan. Um, a lot of times people kind of confuse marketing activities with actually having a plan, but as you see, uh, with all the elements that's involved with the marketing plan, it's way more in-depth mm -hmm. than just marketing. And if it's done right, um, it's cost effective, and you're, you'll be able to get your message out effectively. Any questions? Mm -hmm. That's awesome. Good. Good. Thank you. Your turn, John, sir. <laughs> With the Lucky Land Slots, you can get lucky just about anywhere. This is your captain speaking. Uh, we've got clear runway and the weather's fine, but we're just going to circle up here a while and uh, get lucky. No, no, nothing like that. It's just these cash prizes add up quick. So I suggest you sit back, keep your tray table upright, and start getting lucky. Play for free at LuckyLandslots.com. Are you feeling lucky? No purchase necessary. Void where prohibited by law. 18 plus terms and conditions apply. See website for details.